0: folks, uh, there are really by the time you're at this point in our furlough we started in in August and we're at uh, we're going to be returning in August or beginning of September this uh, this year. Um, you look at your video your furlough video and think, boy, it's really getting outdated you know um, we were just about a month into our deputation ministry looking at this video thinking, boy, it's really getting outdated um, the uh, ref- uh, reformation, uh, Rest what renovations? I'm thinking in Portuguese and trying to translate into English, and that's not good. Um, uh, the, the renovations for the for the new church property, uh, the new building, uh, were completed the beginning of September. Um, we wish we could have seen it, but we needed to get get back to the states for our furlough. Um, Warren m- made the move from our uh, rented facility to the the new church property uh, beginning of September. Um, they had one of the first Sundays they were there. Uh, it got up to 103 degrees, and they had all of the uh, doors and windows open, all of the fans going. And folks, 103 degrees, 103 degrees in Presidential Prudenci isn't that unusual. Um, it's not normal. Normal is like mid 90s in the summer, and that's kind of spring, actually September in it, this it, uh, time of year. But uh, Very interesting. Warren said, he said, Dad, we opened all the doors and windows. We had all the fans going, but the traffic noise was terrible. He said, could we buy air conditioners? And I thought, boy, we've never bought an air conditioners for our churches before. Um, You know, it's a mission field, you know. So, uh, but under the circumstances, really, what we had, the the Lord had provided all the funds for us to purchase the land. He provided all the, the funds for us to do the, the renovations that we needed to do and we actually had funds left over then to buy air conditioners for the church. So what a blessing. So uh, Warren did the research for us and, uh, and it, uh, the air conditioners were installed before, I think before the, the inaugural conference. And um, said so it was just wonderful. He turned on those air conditioners, they closed all the doors and windows and, and it was just so nice to have services and they didn't have all the traffic noise from the, from the uh, avenue, it's a, it's a, it's a boulevard in, in front of the church building. So what a blessing that was. And, and just to see what the Lord has done. Now folks, um, thinking that the inauguration service, they had that at the beginning of October, and really ever since then, they've had a steady stream of visitors coming to the building. And, and this, we have to help you understand why this is important, to have our own building. When we are in a, in a Roman Catholic culture, they look at the building as the church. Now we know biblically that's not the case. Biblically, the people are the church. But in a Roman Catholic culture, if you're just renting a building, you could leave. You know, and, and we made it, I, you looked at that at our temporary facility, and had the nicest letters that we could get, it had the nicest uh, uh, plaque telling, you know, the, the times of the service, and, and you know, so, so we made it look as perfect as we could, but still, once we got our own building and had that inauguration service, it was amazing just how people started coming on a regular basis, visitors. And then, uh, you know, it's just such a blessing then for Warren and Lada to, to follow up on, on those visits. So, what a blessing. Now, Pastor Yuri came down, and he's our, he's our Brazilian pastor in Osvaldo Cruz. And he said, Pastor, we're going to have an issue time to come because right now we can park in front of the building without a problem but that road is getting busier and busier and it's going to come a time when you know he perceives a time when the city is going to say there's no parking on the road in front of the building right now we can park cars and we have them doing it right now park behind the building in that area but that's where we're going to build the church auditorium and, um, and I can foresee by the end of this next term that we're going to grow to the point we're going to need the church auditorium. And um, so what are we going to do? You know, we build that church auditorium behind the existing building and then we, have, we lose our parking. Well, there is a property right next door that has nothing on it until the very end where there's a small house on it. That property, We've inquired about that property. It's not for sale yet. But just pray with us that the Lord will give us wisdom. Because we're going to need to know basically what to do once we get back, to, to some extent, as we plan. And and the Lord's just going to just needs to make it clear. Do we do we build the uh, the church auditorium behind the existing building, or do we wait till the property is available next door and then then you know build on that property you know free and clear? So just pray for us as as, as we go on, uh, uh, go back to the field in in uh, August and uh, see how the Lord will lead that way. Well, we do have our prayer cards back on the table and back. I looked at our last prayer card, and um, it says the Virgil's family, and it had all five kids on it. Okay, see that? That's probably pretty far. Okay, well, the new one just has Darcy and I. So we're empty nesters now, and, um, and we're actually kind of liking it. It's a lot of fun. But something we found is... You know, it used to be that the kids would all come come to us you know, when they were at, you know, at school and had, had times, you know, vacation and things. Now we have to go to them. And it's not like they're just real close. So our, our daughter Amanda is a youth pastor's wife in Pennsylvania. We have two in Greenville, South Carolina. And then Karina's is at the Wilds right now and Warren's down in Brazil. So uh, uh, they're, they're pretty spread out. Uh, but, but we do find that, you know, the times that, that we don't have meetings, we're, we're making visits and, uh, to, to, to see the kids and the grandkids, but it's a, a special time. All right, well, let's uh, open our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to be drinking lots of water today to keep my throat clear here. So I have the big bottle of water, the small bottle of water. Pastor C.J. said if I need any more, just let him know and he'll send someone to run and get some more for me. So, uh, 2 Corinthians 3, look at verses 5 and 6. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything is of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter killeth but the spirit giveth life let's pray Dear heavenly father lord we're so grateful for your love and goodness to us and and for your word and we do pray that your word would find rich dwelling in our hearts father we pray that your word would meet the greatest spiritual need in each life whether it be salvation our lord and savior jesus christ the coming of repentance and faith to believe or if it's something where the, the lord is working in someone's heart about spiritual growth or about the call uh, to to preach the gospel or to be a missionary father we just pray that your will would be done today for your honor and glory we pray in jesus name amen i sent something the middle of our last furlough that i've never sensed before but to help you understand what was going on let me go uh, just just tell you how it is when we are producing one of our our, uh, our furlough videos like you just saw. About six months before our, our furlough is to, uh, supposed to start, uh, Darcy and I get together to do a first draft of a presentation. And we first sit down, it's kind of where our, our focus is so much on the the, the the trees right in front of us of immediate ministry that we don't have a full sense of the scope of the forest of four in this last term was five years for us of, that, that, of those years of ministry so we'll go back and read our prayer updates and I have a list out there if you'd like to sign up for our prayer updates please do that just put your name and email address but we, we, we rehearse those prayer updates and then Darcy just in longhand just writes out the first draft then I take that in my office and I enter that all into the computer adding some things, taking some things out, rearranging things. And then I put it in script form, how we will, how we will uh, do the audio, and then then I assign photos to each phrase. And uh, then we take that script and go to a studio, and this time it was a studio in Presidential Prudential. It was a dirty, dank little studio, but the sound was awesome. And uh, we were able to do the, do the video presentation, do the audio for that, so so, we have our, our file for the video presentation, the audio, the pictures, and then uh, the, the script, and we send that to someone to produce our video for us. And this time it was a friend that Karina had at Maranatha Baptist University, and he graciously did this for us, put it, put it all together, and then um, added music to it. And, folks, the, it, it happens every single time. The first time we see that video for the first time, it is just. It's just amazing. Tears well up in our eyes and, and, and tears will run down our, our cheeks because we're seeing all the things that God has done. It's just the most amazing thing. And, 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 and that's the way it is when we show it. We show it at the first church and wow, look at what the Lord has done. And it goes along like that. But last term, something happened in the middle of our furlough. I was seeing... Uh, uh, Victory Baptist Church in Osvaldo Cruz had graduated self-supporting status. And and we watched that video and said, wow, look at what the Lord has done. But the middle of that furlough, it went from, wow, look at what the Lord has done to a thought that was germinating in my heart. Wow, look at what we did. Wow, look at what I did. And it horrified me. I've never had where i where i where i've kind of taken credit for what god has done but look at this verse here verse five not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think or to claim anything as of ourselves so we are not sufficient to take credit for something god has done well i needed a cure for this so what i did is i prayed about and the lord just gave me wisdom i took a three by five card and wrote out these two verses And I pray through them every single day. And that gives me divine perspective. And praise the Lord for that. Right at the end of our very first furlough in 2002, uh, we made a visit to uh, Art and and Joyce Cavey. They were ABWE missionaries, good friends of Darcy's parents in Metro Sao Paulo. And uh, they had just retired and, and we went by to see, they invited us over, we went by to see them and uh, had a good time with them now we had seen some measure of success in our first term and 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 you know know, so we we were just telling what people were saying you know uh, how our, our our presentation was being received and art made said something very interesting which i greatly appreciate he said chris when you get on that plane you forget everything that everyone has said to you because people say wow you're our hero you're the best missionary our church supports You know, things like that, which are all very kind things. But as a missionary, you can't go back to the field with this complex that you're a great missionary is going to conquer Brazil with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Folks, Brazil is larger than the continental United States. As missionaries, we need to go back, get on that plane, and go back with the spirit of a servant of the Lord, doing what God wants us to do step by step in our church plants. And uh, that that was wonderful counsel, and I greatly appreciated that advice. But look at this verse. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think or claim anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Folks, this is the key. Our sufficiency is of God. Thinking of my son and his wife, uh, Warren and Lada, they're in their first term in Brazil right now. I don't know of new missionaries going to the field that have the advantages that they do. Neither one will pass through the discouragement of language acquisition. Neither one will pass through the frustration of culture shock. Neither one will be totally wiped out by the heat in Presidente Prudenci. Why? Because in May 2020, they were basically coming home. Lada was born in Brazil. She's Brazilian. She was born in a city three hours from where we serve, in a city just as hot as Presidente Prudente is. Warren was four and a half when we arrived on the field in January 1997, and ten when we arrived in Osvaldo Cruz in the area of Presidente Prudente. But we challenged them to remember their divine calling. According to Acts 13.2, God has separated them for the work whereunto he has called them. Therefore, they need to depend upon God's sufficiency and not their own. Their own abilities will not suffice apart from the power of God working in their lives. During this first term, they will be tested as Satan tries everything he can to discourage them. If experience is any guide, they will pass through some major trials this first term. July of 2021 was the first trial. We got a call from Warren on a Monday, saying, Dad, we want to take you and Mom out for, for dinner tomorrow night. And I thought, oh, that's, that's great. It's that's wonderful. And I said to Darcy, I said, Warren and Lada want to take us out tomorrow night. And, and I said, I think they have news for us. And she said, no, they don't have news. They're just being nice. And I said, well, they're nice, but, I mean, I think they have news for us. And, and they did. Warren announced to us that uh, at, the, at the meal that they were expecting their first child. And what a blessing. We were so excited for them. And... Um, but then he made this comment. He said, "Dad, you and Mom have no luck with grandkids. When your first, when the first three grandkids came in the states, you were in Brazil, and now this one's coming in Brazil, while you're on furlough in the states." But just a few days later, we got of had an ultrasound, and they couldn't find a heartbeat, and, and and she had lost the baby, and she had to go in for the procedure to take care of the miscarriage, and. And it was, it was sad. Uh, they were just grateful that Lada was doing okay. And, and, um, and really, within a few weeks, she was back uh, helping in the ministry. What a blessing she is. Well, in preparation for our furlough, we needed to move our house, all of our household goods, to the apartment in the new building. The apartment wasn't ready yet. So what we decided to do... We had the movers all set up, so we, we moved my office, uh, all my bookcases, my desk, and our, our piano in our house to Warren's house. And uh, so, so we, Warren and I uh, helped the movers get all that in, and w- within the morning we had it all set up. As we were making all of that move, I noticed that Lotta was just sitting on the couch. She was really quiet, and I asked her how she was doing, and she said she was feeling fine, but that night we got a phone call. And Warren said, Dad, Lada has a fever and it appears that there's a complication from the miscarriage. And they're admitting her to the hospital and they had to do the procedure all over again. And this time she was in the hospital for a whole week as they dealt with the infection. And, and she came out and we, the, the whole time we were thinking we should probably put off our furlough. You know, we can't leave with Lada not being well. And But the Lord just made it clear that, that Lada was going to be okay and, and we could go. So, uh, you know, it's just one of those, you know, one of those things, one of those trials that happens, that could very, very much discourage missionaries. But Warren and Lada have been doing great. They're just so, so grateful that Lada is doing well, and um, they've been doing great during our furlough. But the fact is, there are a number of MKs that have come down to Brazil. Three couples in particular, where one of the spouses was an MK, was a missionary kid. And of those three families, none of them lasted. One only lasted, didn't even make it through their first term. Another one made it through their first term but didn't come back after furlough. The other one came back for their second term but left a short time after that. And, and, and that's what makes Lada and Warren such a blessing in Brazil is that there's this young couple that, that, that has the desire to be there and they're actually more at home in Brazil than they are in the States. It's, it's, it's just amazing. But the fact is that each missionary agency has, a, has, a, has, a, has a, uh, an aging population. Baptist Med, who we serve with, uh, started in the northern part of Brazil in 1935. And the first missionaries that came planted churches that planted other churches that have planted other churches And there are pockets in northern Brazil that, that are mature as far as missions is concerned. There, there, there is no need for missionaries anymore. But the south of Brazil isn't like that. Industrial south where we serve. We are in an area where uh, the next missionary is uh, two hours to the south, three hours to the north. And we have all these cities all around us that, that need churches. And uh, we, the fact is the Brazil field is in need of God-called missionaries. But Let's look back at our verses again. 2 Corinthians 3, 5, and 6. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think or claim anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament. The word translated able here in verse 6 is actually the same Greek word translated sufficient in verse 5. Our sufficiency is of God, who also hath made us sufficient ministers of the new testament you know teams will come down and and pastors will come down to visit what a blessing they are to us but but they're blessed by the fact that they can preach in english and we can translate for them in portuguese and and they're in awe of that how that works and and uh, every so often we'll hear this comment chris i could never do what you do (laughs) chris i could never do what you do and, and I understand that's a compliment, but really it's pretty obvious why you can't do what we do because you're not called. The evangelist Jeremy Fraser put it this way, God does not necessarily call the enabled, but he does enable the called. I believe in the depths of my heart that if God truly calls you, he will provide his grace for you to fulfill every uh, area of his will in your life. There are three specific areas that are, that are just really important in that first term language, culture, and then climate. Language, the Portuguese language is not one of the hardest languages in the world to learn. It was a challenge for me. And now, when we arrived in Brazil, Darcy, as an MK, as a missionary kid, had Portuguese down. So she had instant ministry. Darcy's dad in, in, in the church plant there in Baduri saw that there was a great need for a, a lady Sunday school class. That was one of the weakest classes uh, in the Sunday school program there. So he asked Darcy if she would take that, and she did. And that class just grew and grew and grew to one of the strongest classes, really within a short period of time. Well, what Darcy is teaching in, in Portuguese, I'm going to language school three hours a day, five days a week. And uh, for a whole year. I started in February and, and, and graduated in December. And, uh, and I, my, my first thought was, you know what, here I am in, this, you know, in, our, in our services when I first got there, just thinking, you know, if I got just one week of language school in, I'd be able to start communicating with people. So I've been to language school for a whole week. Well, after a week, I could say oy, which is hi, chow, which is bye, and then key phrases like, onde está o banheiro? Where's the bathroom? I mean, key phrases that are obviously going to connect me with people. Not, you know. So it's, it was just one of those things where you just had to just be faithful and keep working at it and, 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 and accumulating that, that knowledge with the language. And I remember looking, there's this little four-year-old boy in our church, and look, you know what, that four-year-old little guy knows better Portuguese than I do at this point, you know. But it's just the way it is. But you know, you keep working at it. Uh, as, as I got more proficient in the language, uh, we were doing the, the Wednesday night junior church. You know, Darcy and I would do that. Darcy would kind of run it, and then I would I would do the Bible lesson. Um, and, and it was a blessing. And just kept on growing and growing in the language. Well, I graduated in December, and I kept going back to language school every uh, a couple times a week just to work on pronunciation, getting my messages. Uh, corrected and you know, making sure that, that I continued to just grow in my ability in Portuguese. My first first time I preached to the whole congregation was, was Easter Sunday morning in 1998. We'd been in Brazil for about 14 months by then. Darcy's dad would take the Easter, Easter message and divide it up, death, burial, and resurrection. I, I had the death that I had to preach on. So I had 10 minutes what I did to be able to preach that, I had to manuscript it. So I had, I had notes, and it, it was just word for word exactly what I was going to say. Now, folks, I was a pulpit speech minor at Bob Jones University. I knew how to preach ex- expositorily. It was impossible at this point in my language ability to be able to do that. So I just did the best I could. And, folks, the, and it was interesting because I had a aluminum had a, a replica of, of like one of the spikes. You know used uh, you know the crucifixion and things, and just as as a prop, there was a young man that got saved that day, and he said that prop did it now maybe nothing that I said but the prop was was something that God used. That young man went to the seminary and he's he's uh he's a pastor now in the south southern part of Brazil in Porto alegre praise god you know but but I preached, did my ten minutes, and then one of the uh, two of the deacons preached after I did and uh the Brazilians were so glad. They said, Pastor Chris, what a blessing. We got to hear you preach for the first time. And you did such a good job. And it was a real blessing to us. And I thought, oh, good. you know." But then, one of the MKs, one of the missionary kids, and we had, we had three families working with us. And, and one of the MKs came up to me, and they called us aunt and uncle. And then he came up to me. He said, Uncle Chris, I didn't understand a word you said. Well, I have an American accent. I have an American accent as I speak Portuguese. Now... There are people who think an American accent is really cool, like sometimes Americans will think British accent is really cool, you know. But, but the poorer classes don't think that at all, you know, and they just can't understand you because you're not speaking like they do. You know, so, but, but you keep going, you know. You, you get encouragement and then you're humbled. Encouragement and then you're humbled. And it's just the way it is. And you just keep working at it. Or remember we had the, the Bob Jones University soccer mission team come down to to our city and they they were in a number of cities and they stopped in Oswaldo Cruz. Think about this, what, are, what, uh, what is a group of an Amer- American college guys going to teach Brazilians about soccer? Absolutely nothing. That's not why they're there. Okay. They use soccer as a way for us to be able to minister to people that folks that we would never have opportunities to minister to. So I'd get with the Ministry of, uh, of, of Athletics for the city, and we'd set up games, and, uh, you know, what a blessing. And, and as we were, as they would play games on the field, on the pitch, they did great. I set up a game one year where they were playing indoor soccer. And Brazilian indoor soccer is a lot different than indoor soccer here. And, you know, the ball is weighted. It's just, it's a different game, and they weren't used to it at all. By halftime, the BJ guys were losing like 10 to nothing. And I'm thinking, good night, what kind of testimony is this? But what, what we were doing, though, is at halftime, we would have testimony time. And the guys, you know, uh, Gil Fremont, who was the head of the team, would pick guys to do their testimonies. And we would translate for them. And at the end of every testimony, the Brazilians would all clap. You know, it's culturally just what they would do. Oh, that's a good story, you know, kind of thing. But, but the Lord is using that. So after the testimony time, I went back up into the stands to watch the second half. And out of the corner of my eye, I noticed a gal come into the gymnasium. And it was the mayor's wife. And she saw me, she came up, and she said, she said, Pastor, my husband and I are so excited this team is here. This team, all the way from the United States, came to Osvaldo Cruz. I said, I've talked to the newspaper, they're coming to interview you, and I I'm, 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 had the radio station come, they're going to come and interview you right after the game. Is that all right? And I said, oh yeah, that's fine. And I'm thinking, I'm going to have Pastor Udi, our Brazilian pastor, be the spokesman for this team. And he'd do great with that. Well, at the time, Pastor Udi was running some errands. And I didn't have a cell phone, and he didn't have a cell phone, and I thought he was coming back. He never returned. So when the realization hit me that I was the one who to have to do this radio interview, I just, I just bowed my head and just, Lord, somehow use this, somehow minimize my accent. And it's been getting better and better, you know, but still somehow minimize my accent so I could be a real blessing on on this radio interview. Well, the game ended. The guy from the radio station came. He came and had all his remote equipment. And he motioned for me to meet him uh, at midcourt. And as people were milling around, he was setting up his equipment. And he started, he got the connection, started the interview, and this really long microphone. He asked the first question and put that microphone right to my mouth. The most perfect Portuguese I've ever spoken in my life came out, and it was very interesting because as he was asking me questions, I was I was speaking to him and I was just like, "Wow, this is easy." And 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 our people who were listening said, "Pastor," and it, was, it was a Wednesday and, and we had Wednesday night service where the team was going to be good to be speaking and and. And and our people said, Pastor, we heard of you on the radio and we knew it was your voice, but as though you were speaking without an accent. Folks, who did that? That was just the Lord. I wish I could put that in a jar and use it whenever I need it. It's just not possible, you know. But God did. He enabled me to speak in a way clearly so that I could tell about the team and the church and then the, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's funny because the radio station there is a regional radio station. It's not just Osvaldo Cruz. Osvaldo Cruz is only a city of 32,000. But it's the California region of the state. So it's California FEME. Uh, FM California is the, the name of the station. You know? So that, that went around to the whole, the whole region uh, of, uh, of, that, of that area. What a blessing. So there's language, but then there's culture. And Brazilians are warm and friendly. They're so glad you're there. They're so glad you're learning their language. And it's such a blessing for us to, to serve there. But folks, crime is an issue. It is. And, and it's very interesting. Uh, we sent a, a picture of the house we were renting this last term in, in one of our, our prayer updates. And one of our supporting pastors wrote back and said, Chris, it looks like the wall is taller than your house. And, and, and uh, in reality, it isn't. Not quite. You know, but our, the wall in front of our house is 8 to 10 feet tall. And it's a masonry block construction wall. And then on top of that is, is uh, 3 feet of, of electrical wire that, that goes around that. Sometimes they have bars on the windows and, and on the doors and things, and we don't have that. Warren and Lotta have two dogs, part of their system. And, uh, uh, you know, in, in neighborhoods uh, in our area, uh, all the neighbors pitch in for a nighttime guard and he goes around on his motorcycle all night from 10 p.m. till 6 a.m. And uh, so if we need to leave to go to the airport or something, we have an early flight, we call our guard and he stands, stands watch, makes sure it's okay, and then we can open the gate and then scoot out without a problem. And uh, it's just the way it is. Now folks, we don't live our lives like our heads are on a swivel, always looking around, making sure that, that we're not being followed. But we are very aware of our surroundings, and it just comes with experience. There are times we're in a situation and, or in an area we just think we're not comfortable here, and that's just the Lord indicating in our hearts that we need to, we need to exit. We need to get out of that situation. Um, we realized that we couldn't really just go around and walk around our neighborhood to get exercise. We just didn't feel comfortable with that. We're warning a lot of where they are by the church in that neighborhood, they're fine doing that. And we're, we're you know, constantly out passing out flyers and in literature in, in, our, in our area, too, uh, around the church. But it's just very interesting. And we're in a nicer neighborhood. It's just there's, it's, it's just, there's, there's something that just isn't right. And, and the Lord just gives that. Um, but So there, there's, cult, there's, there's language and culture, but then there's climate. I remember when we were in language school, the, the language school teachers wanted us to, to watch the news every evening. And uh, to, to see how the presenters manipulated their articulators, you know, and, and how they spoke Portuguese. And, and they would do the, do the statewide weather, and they would talk about Sao Paulo. And where we were in Metro Sao Paulo, it's very moderate. The highest temperature ever in Sao Paulo was 97 degrees. We're on an elevated plateau, and we have the ocean effect. And uh, it's, it's just very moderate. Well, it's not like that in Presidente Prudente at all. And it's, it's very hot. And, and there was a, I mentioned about the 103 degrees in September, and that was a spring day. Um, we had a summer day in, in January, I think it was in 2000. It, was, it got up to 110 for a whole week. And that was miserable. It was awful, but it's just a, a, something from the Amazon, a system that came down from the Amazon and just was over us. And, and it just, is, is that usual? No, but is it, is it you know, it, it is something that, that can happen. And it is just very hot. But I remember watching the, watching the news, and they would do the weather, and the hottest city in the state was always Presidencia Prudenci. And I thought, oh, the poor slubs that live in Presidencia Prudenci, the heat, you know? Well, folks, we are the poor slubs living in Presidencia Prudenci right now. But I tell you what, when we moved to Osvaldo Cruz, Darcy had a, had a severe asthma problem in Metro Sao Paulo. We moved out there, that almost totally went away. It was just the Lord, knew where we needed to be. Now, folks, I'm a Wisconsinite. Um, how does a Wisconsinite handle the heat in Presidenti prudenti? Only by the grace of God. God's my sufficiency. You don't need to turn there, but in 2 Corinthians 12, uh, it has the, the passage where uh, Paul has the thorn in the flesh and he entreats the Lord three times for the, for the Lord to remove that. Well, verse 9, we have the response from the Lord My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. God's grace is sufficient. No matter where He calls you or what He calls you to do, His grace is sufficient. He promises to be our sufficiency. The bottom line is if God has called you and you are obedient, He will be your sufficiency. He will provide the total measure of grace that you need. To fulfill His will in every area of your life. It is very important never to have a mindset that would limit what God can do through a surrendered life. Our family, for our family, the year 2021 marked the 60th anniversary of Darcy's parents' arrival in Brazil. Bob and Crane Jones arrived in Brazil in 1961. Neither one spoke Portuguese. Just a few short months after they arrived, Darcy's mom took her English-Portuguese dictionary with her to the maternity ward to give the birth of Darcy's older brother. Can you imagine that? After 38 years of ministry, they planted six churches in and around the city of Sao Paulo. They're greatly beloved by the Brazilians and by their missionary colleagues alike. Warren, our son, turns 30 years old in 2022. He potentially has another 40 years of ministry in Brazil. If the Lord tarries, he retires in the year twenty, sixty-two. Can you imagine that? But our family will have had a 100-year presence in Brazil. How does that happen? It is only by God's sufficiency. Let's look at our verses to close out here. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think or claim anything as of ourselves but our sufficiency is of God, who also hath made us able or sufficient ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful for your working in our lives. Salvation is is a miracle, and what a blessing it is on a regular basis in Brazil to see folks come to know you as Savior. But Lord, you save folks here as well. And we ask, Lord, for your divine working here tonight, or today. This wasn't a salvation message, but Father, if there's someone here that is in need, we pray, Lord, that you would have your perfect work done there and help them to come to the Savior, we pray. Now, Lord guide and direct in this invitation time, may your will be done in each life. Father, if there's someone here that, Lord, you are touching their hearts about surrendering to be missionaries, Wherever, it would be a blessing if it was in Brazil. But Lord, you know. And we just pray that your will would be done during this time. Now we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.